Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, so I want to teach tonight on the subject, Great is His Faithfulness. Great is His Faithfulness. And... The opening passage is from Lamentations. That's in the Old Testament, right after the book of Jeremiah. It was actually written by Jeremiah. Uh, Lamentations 3.22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Now, of course, there's an old song that we sing. You know, great is thy faithfulness. Um, and it's so true. He is faithful. You can count on him, you know, yesterday. You can count on him today. And you can count on him tomorrow. He's not going to be like the retired doctor, the restaurant going out of business, you know, blockbuster. You know, he's not like any of that stuff. You know, he's going to be there. And, um, you know, we are never going to be, you know, we should never be disappointed or, you know, um, feeling uh, discouraged about when when we have God in our lives, we don't have to feel that way. We might not understand why he's doing what he's doing, but we shouldn't be discouraged or disappointed about it because he's always looking out for our best, and he's always right, and he's always good, and if we'll just remember that, you know, great is his faithfulness. Uh, And so the prophet Jeremiah, he wrote the book of Jeremiah, and he wrote the next book, Lamentations. And Jeremiah, when you read his two books, uh, he was actually uh, referred to in commentaries and stuff as the weeping prophet, because you know, there was a lot of things that were sad going on in, in Israel's history at that time. And a lot of things he prophesied was very sad. Um, he, you know, he wept a lot, actually, in, the, in these books. Um, and, you know, it was one of the most difficult times in Israel's history because it was right leading up to the time when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the world government, the world power, was going to come and invade Israel and wipe out Israel basically, knock down the city walls of Jerusalem, tear down the temple, take all the gold and silver and valuable things and you know kill a lot of people and only take the brightest, the youngest and the strongest back to uh, you know help his kingdom. And so he prophesied uh, leading up to this event and in and then as in the, in the first few years of the actual captivity, when they went back to Babylon, he prophesied about that as well. And the word lamentation means a crying out in grief, to groan, moan, wail, mourn, weep, being anguish or sorrow. So it's a sad word. So when you read, start reading the book of Lamentations, it's not a very big book as far as size and number of chapters, but you begin to read this book, and from the very first chapter and the very first verse, 
you'll clearly see why it's named Lamentations because it's pretty sad. You're just reading it. In fact, you know, every verse in chapter 1, every verse in chapter 2, and the first 20 verses in chapter 3 are really sad. I mean, it's about what was this and what was that, and because of what the nation and the kings and the people, and you guys left God and, and stuff, and because of this, God is going to allow this to happen, you know, this prophecy and this king to come in and do this uh, for a temporary time. It wasn't going to be forever for a temporary time. But then, you know, when you get in chapter 3, after that 20, 20 verses, something wonderful happened in the next three verses of chapter 3. And that's what we, we started reading about. Uh, somehow a ray of hope shined through the dark clouds and uh, all these lamentations that Jeremiah was you know, bringing from the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah was reminded of some wonderful attributes of God. And when he thought about these things, he was filled with hope. And folks, what we need more than anything else is hope. Amen. Hope is a very powerful thing to possess. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what anybody has done to you, what's going on right now. We, it, hope will take you beyond. Hope will help you through. We all need hope. Not just hope for hope's sake. Well, I sure hope it's going to work out and not do anything about it. But, but it's hope in something greater than ourselves. And that's God. And this kind of hope is the hope that keeps us going keeps us getting up in the morning, keeps us encouraged, and will not allow us to give up or give in because we don't want to do that. As long as you're getting up, I don't care if you got knocked down five times yesterday, as long as you get up, brush yourself off. You know, in the old days, we used to, when we'd get a little, you know, scrape, my mom would use Mercuricone, you know, which was in that, you know, that dark brown stuff in a glass bottle with the glass thingy. And you put it on there, and you would jump through the roof because it burned like fire. But, man, it took care of it. You weren't going to get any infection, you know. And then, you know, but if you put a Band-Aid on, get up, and you got hope, you're going to keep going because great is his faithfulness. He's not going to go away. He's not going to stop doing what he's doing. He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to let you down. Amen. So when someone comes along, and even if they mean well, you know, they don't understand what they're doing when they say this. And we might have said this, you know, like to some people or even people say it to kids all the time. Like, don't get your hopes up. You know, Santa's on a budget this year, you know, whatever. You know, don't get your hopes up, uh, you know. And, you know, we can, well, we can tell them because we know the Lord. We can, we know, we can tell them that, you know what, we're going to say back to that. You know, I am going to, not only am I going to keep my hopes up, they're going to stay way up because of who I hope in. My hope is in the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. And in fact, Apostle Paul let us know in Romans 8, 24, we're saved by hope. Now, that's not, that's not talking about salvation as far as getting us ready for heaven, but literally hope saves us because it keeps us from quitting and giving up. Because if you quit and give up, then you're done. For, you know, until you decide to not give up. You have to unquit. 
Like, if I unquit, God can help me. But if I quit and give up, yeah, I mean, people will pray for me. And, you know, like the prodigal son, he quit. He gave up. And he went away from his father. And he blew the inheritance. And until he unquit, then God could help him. He unquit. He said, oh, what am I doing? I can get back to my father's house. And even before he even got there, the father saw him a long way and ran and grabbed him and welcomed him back. So as long as we're coming to God and we're trying, God is going to see us through and help us. Great is his faithfulness. So the first thing Jeremiah was reminded of was of the Lord's mercies. And notice he said the word mercies, not mercy, because God has plenty of mercy to go around. It's not going to run out. And you know what mercy is, is not getting what you deserve. Like if you go to before the judge and sometimes if they say, oh, it's a first offense, we're going to you know, let you off on good behavior. We're going to let you slide on this one, probation only or whatever. That's not getting what you deserve. You know, if the sentence was harsher and the judge had mercy on you. See, God loves to show mercy, but he wants a heart that he can give mercy to. Amen. God doesn't want to pronounce judgment. God does, he want, like I, I said in the sermon a, a couple Sundays ago when I talked about changing God's mind and trying to talk God out of it. Talk, God wants to be talked out of having to give judgment to somebody. He wants to show mercy. Amen. So Psalms 103 verse 8 said, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Toward them that fear him. So, you know, there's got to be something on our side. Do we have some humility in our heart? Do we have some reverence in our heart to God? Then mercy will go, you know, just like God will bless a thankful person. God will bless a humble person. God will bless a meek and a, uh, you know, uh, a person that uh, fears him. Now, God, uh, one person said this, God's mercy is bigger than any of my mistakes. I like that. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've had some doozies over the years in mistakes in the mistake category. Not just a little, like, you know, hangnail mistake. You know, like a big one, like, you know, uh, whatever. It was huge, you know, whatever. And, but his mercies can handle it. Praise God. Now, the second thing Jeremiah was reminded of was God's compassions. And the word compassion is plural as well. It's not just compassion and mercy, you know, like a one-time thing or you're lucky to get it. No, compassions. It keeps coming. And mercies. And compassion, this is the, you know, he, he uses the plural because he wants to emphasize the vastness and the depth of his compassion toward us. And the word compassion is, it's the capacity to feel sorrow for another's suffering or misfortune, to feel sympathy, sympathy for another, and that's what God does. He feels sympathy and sorrow for us. But God's compassion doesn't stop at just sympathy. He, or just feeling sorry for our situation and then not doing anything about it, he also wants to do something about it, and he will if we'll let him. Amen. A lot of things have to do with us. we got to do our part. We have to let him in. We have to let him do what he'd like to do. So when we let God in, when we allow him to help us, 
and allow him to speak into our life, he will heal us and he will guide us in good paths. Amen. Because just like when you go to somewhere you've never been before and maybe the GPS is, you know, you have no signal, you know, like you don't know where to go. And you're hoping like you have somebody you can ask the directions. And that's what it was in our life. Many times God is our GPS. God is, you know, telling us, you know, you know, at the fork, turn left. You know, like the little voice that you have on your GPS, whatever your voice is, at the fork, turn left, you know. And then I go, ah, I like the right one better. And then we go over there and we get totally messed up. And like, I should have listened to God's GPS. Oh, I know, I, I know this fork. Yeah, I heard about it. I think the right one's better. Nope. You heard about it. You heard wrong, right? We got to go God's way. So God's compassion doesn't stop. He keeps on going. Psalms 86, 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. So Jesus who was God, the invisible God of the Old Testament, in human form in the New Testament, he always had compassion on people, right? You know, we, we see his, he was our greatest example, and he was a great example of compassion. He had compassion on those who followed him, and it caused him to teach them and feed them and heal them. Like, they didn't just go and hear a sermon. They got fed, you know, 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch miraculously fed them, and he would heal them too. They would go back home full and, you know, uh, full spiritually and, and uh, physically and healed and blessed. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for us. Right? He will. We're, we're made in his image too. We're people, uh, and we're trying, we're striving to do what he wants us to do. And he's got the same compassion for us. And if we'll follow him, if we'll call on his name, he'll show us his mercies and his compassions too. They're not reserved for like an exclusive club. You know, like, you know, you knock on the door and the little hatch opens. You know, you got the secret password. Uh, no, I don't, you know, you know, or whatever. That's not like, well, you can't join our mercies and compassions club then, can you? You know, no, that's not God. No, God is, it, 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 it's for whosoever will. You can have it. Amen. So the beautiful thing about God's mercies and his compassions is found in verse 23 of our text. Uh, it's they are new every morning. Amen. You're not going to get up on one Sunday morning on your tradition to go to that restaurant and it's, you know, the per, the sadly the person owner died and they closed it up. No, they're new every morning. The mercy is going to be there in the morning. Just like in the Old Testament, when the manna was falling in the wilderness those 40 years, they could get up and they could count on the manna being there on the ground outside the tent every morning. They could count on it. And we can count on his mercies every morning and his compassions every morning. They're new every morning. Yeah, I just don't want any stale compassions, you know, any, you know, last, you know, day old, like day old donuts. I don't want any day old mercies. They're never day old. They're never old compassion. They're never stale. They're always fresh and new as the manna. See, the manna, they had to go gather it every day. 
Because if they didn't, like some people were, you know what, I'm going to take tomorrow off. I'm going to gather two days' worth today. And if they did that, they, they ate the first day, and then they stored it in a little bin. When they would go to that bin the next day and not gather the new manna, it would turn to worms and get, get all messed up and get spoiled. And God made that on purpose. Give us this day our daily bread. You know the only day that the manna lasted two days? was the day before the Sabbath because they didn't want, God didn't want them out, you know, gathering on the Sabbath. He wanted them to, in their tents, resting with their families. So you were allowed, and the Sabbath was on the seventh day of the week in the Jewish calendar was Saturday. That was the Sabbath. So Friday, they were allowed to gather two days of manna, and they would go on Saturday, open the little jar, no worms, no smell, fresh as it was yesterday. But you tried to pull that, you know, on Sunday through Thursday, uh-uh. God, can you imagine? God just, because he wanted them, you know, to get it every day, fresh every day. Yesterday's word is not going to take us, you know, long in the future. That's why we got to come to church when the doors are open and get a fresh word. That's why, we, you know, read your Bible every day if you can. Get a fresh word every day because we have new compassions and new mercies. Every morning, 42 times in the Bible, it says his mercy endures forever. You don't have to worry uh, and be disappointed or discouraged that it won't be there tomorrow. It endures forever. It'll never run out. Every morning, God provides new mercies for us. His compassions do not fail. They are as enduring as his great mercy. Every morning, his compassions are just as strong and impactful as they were yesterday, last month, last year, 10 years ago. A hundred years ago, even. Amen. There's something about the morning, isn't there? I mean, you could have like a rough day, yet, you know, yesterday or whatever, and then you get up in the morning, and it's like, hey, you know what? I think it's going to be okay. You know, there's something about, like, I got a new start, and, you know, this is going to be a better day. You know, a new day, first day of the rest of our lives. You know what tomorrow morning is? The first day of the rest of your lives. Because today's in the can. Today is in the history books, you know, you know, you know, because because tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. And then today will be yesterday. Tomorrow. <laughs> Trying to not do the riddle, whatever. Right. And so, you know, we can't live in yesterday because it's over um, and we can't stay, uh, you know, in today because tomorrow will be today. So we got to move on, but we can't live in uh, live in the future because it hasn't happened yet, and you know it's not it might not happen the way you think it's going to happen. You know, sixty percent of the things that people worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, it doesn't even happen. And then if it happens, it doesn't happen exactly like you thought. And all this worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, we should just kind of like pray about it and hope for what you'd like, uh, but you know. Don't lose a bunch of sleep about tomorrow until it gets here. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. It comes in the morning when we have the Lord. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So let me just tell you something. Your enemy, whether it's a person or whether it's the devil or a demon or a situation or even a sickness, it didn't 
make the day, and it can't make a day. Only God can make a day. Amen. So this day, yesterday, and tomorrow, God made those days. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Because his mercies will be there every day he makes, and his compassions will be there. He will be there, and great is his faithfulness. And the last part, of course, of verse 23, great is thy faithfulness. Faithfulness is stability, it's security, it's consistency, it's truth. So we got to let those words cause great hope to flood our heart, our mind, and our soul today. You know, great is his faithfulness. He's faithful to his word. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He's faithful to his word. He's also faithful in forgiveness to forgive us when we mess up. As long as we confess and we ask God to forgive us, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Great is his faithfulness. He's also faithful in temptation. When we're tempted to do wrong, he always makes a way of escape. You know, if we will hold on and hang on and resist that temptation and look around and God will say, over here, you know, like a little door will open like, you know, like a whistle. I can't whistle that way. But, you know, like, come on over here. You know, it's like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Get out of that temptation. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. In other words, everyone goes through it. We're not. Uh, we're not any different than anybody else. But God is faithful, because he's great as his faithfulness, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, notice he won't tempt you beyond what you are able. Sometimes I think he sees more in me than I see in myself. Like, my ableness, you know, Stopped a long time ago in this temptation, God. Like, I don't know what you're, you know. No, I'm not going to, you know, hang in there. I'm not tempting you beyond your, what you're able, you know. He sees more in us than we think than, he, than we see in ourselves sometimes. We can hang in there. And he is faithful to give us strength and protection from evil and from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Great is his faithfulness. So when we commit our way to God, when we trust in his faithfulness, great things will come to pass for us. And I'll close with this verse, Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What is it? Just fill in the blank. What, what are you facing? What are you, what are you dreaming about? What are you hoping for? What are you planning on? What do you want to be in the Lord? What what are you asking him in prayer? He'll bring it to pass. Commit your way. Trust in him. Believe that the mercies and the compassions are new every morning. They're never going to fail. They're always going to be there as well as he is. Amen. You can see God's eternal. He's not going anywhere. And all the his attributes will be right there with us. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. 
and may God bless you.